0: Welcome to The Caleb Show. This is a show about the Bible, about renewing, and about the mind, where every week we discuss how the Word of God is sufficient for day-to-day living, no matter what is happening in your life. You will be challenged to make the Bible an essential part of your thinking and living. Join us now as we investigate the world with the ancient truth of God's Word. (laughs) Hello everybody, greetings, and welcome back to the show. This is The Caleb Show. I'm Caleb, and this is a show where we talk about the Bible, we talk about renewing the mind. We ask the question, is the Bible sufficient? Is the message of God's Word contained in the Bible actually sufficient to get us through whatever life circumstances we have being thrown at us? I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're in the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere. I don't know if you're in the western world or the third world developing. I don't know if you make decent money or you don't make decent money. Uh, I don't know what your situation is, but I do know that the reality is, is that God has given us his word. In the Bible, and that word is for all human beings. I love the fact that Wycliffe Bible Translators is getting God's word to places it's never been before. New Tribes is doing the same thing, getting God's word to people who have never heard it before. There's those who are getting God's word into China, into North Korea, into Muslim countries where it's illegal to have a Bible. There's people getting God's word around the world. And the persecuted church which is a good chunk of uh, the believers who live in Central Asia and East Asia and North Africa, the persecuted church has one primary desire, and that is to be prayed for and to receive God's Word. So, for instance, just a country like North Korea, even if you have seen a Bible Uh, Certainly, if you possess a Bible, you will very quickly be put into prison or perhaps killed. And so, there are nations out there where it is very dangerous to own a copy of God's Word. And if you're a believer in China or in the stricter Muslim countries, uh, you could easily be uh, persecuted, you could be beaten, you could be put to death for having a Bible. Today's podcast is about Peter Jacek. Peter Jacek is a Czechoslovakian man who was uh, detained by the Sudanese government in uh, a number of years ago, I think five years ago. And uh, we're going to do a review of his book that just came out last month, June of 2020. His book, Imprisoned with ISIS, came out. And yes, that's what it's called, Imprisoned with ISIS by Peter Yasic Faith in the Face of Evil. And so he worked with Voice of the Martyrs, does work with Voice of the Martyrs, and he was sort of responsible for the North uh, China, or sorry, North uh, Africa, African area. So, he visited Africa quite a lot and he visited Ethiopia and he visited Sudan and he was making connections with a number of pastors there and a number of churches. And as you remember, several years ago, Northern Sudan or Sudan proper uh, allowed the southern half of their country to become South Sudan. And so, South Sudan was its own recognized country by the rest of the world, and there was a divide between the more Christian South and the more Muslim North. And there was a lot of conflict going on in those two places, a lot of believers being persecuted, churches being bombed, things like that by the president of Sudan at the time, who actually had a warrant for his arrest issued by an international criminal court. And so the guy, it was known that the guy was was not doing good things in his country. So Peter Yasek was involved with uh, getting in contact with believers in that part of the world, trying to find ways to help them medically uh, as well as as um, other ways if they could, and so trying to encourage the believers in these countries, encourage the pastors in Sudan. So we're asking the question: Is the Bible sufficient? And if you read Peter Yasek's book, you will discover that yes. The Bible is sufficient to get you through whatever circumstance you are in. And so, Peter Yasik, he was arrested upon trying to fly out of the country. He went there for four days uh, to northern Sudan went there for four days, met with some believers in that country, was booked into his flight to leave and fly back to Czechoslovakia. He was detained and for the next 445 days he was in the Sudan prison system on trial. So what he recounts in his book, and I only want to pick out three things, I would highly recommend reading the book, it is very encouraging. But what we're about in this podcast is whether or not the Bible really can renew your mind, whether or not the Bible really can give you the peace, the message of the Bible, God's Spirit working through His Word. Are these sufficient for whatever circumstance that we're in? Can we have the mind of Christ in these situations? Can we see the world around us uh, all just by the scriptures and understanding what the scriptures say? So, uh, so when Peter Yasek was first in prison, he had his phone confiscated, his laptop confiscated, and he didn't seem to have a Bible with him. He was only supposed to be there for four days, so I would assume that he just thought he could read the Bible uh, off of his computer or whatever. But he didn't have a Bible with him, but he was thrown in, and as the book is called, prison with ISIS, uh, he was actually thrown in with members of ISIS. And so they, obviously over time, knowing that he was a believer... Uh, were going, they beat him, the prisoners beat him while he was there and things like that. Uh, so what I, what I want to point out is over the course of his imprisonment, he went through several periods of uh, first being wanting to get released, wanting to get back to his family, wanting to get out of the prison system because it was difficult. But then as he was there, uh, he was eventually given a Bible, allowed to have a Bible, And also he was uh, in relationship and in fellowship with other believers who were in prison with him. And so over the course of the 14 months that he was in prison, he went from strength to strength to strength. And it's a beautiful thing to read about his journey going through and how he interacted, how he prayed with other prisoners, how he fellowshiped with the believers that he was in prison with, how he was ministering to others uh, above and beyond his circumstances and what, where he found himself, which is, which is in a dark place. I mean, who wants to be in prison in Sudan? I, mean, I don't like the idea of being in prison in Sudan, and I'm sure you wouldn't either, but that's exactly where he found himself. So I want to point out a few things. I've written page numbers down. I highly recommend that you get the book. I am not getting any kind of financial kickback off this at all. I am simply encouraging you to get your hands on the book. It's called Imprisoned with ISIS by Peter Yasek. It's on Amazon. You can go to peteryasek.com, and I'm sure you can get it through there. Uh, By the way, Peter is P-E-T-R-J. Asek dot com, Peter Jacek. Uh, That's how it's spelled, P-E-T-R-J-A-S-E-K dot com. So he says in his book, uh, around page 86, that, and I think this was the time where he was first put into prison, but yet he wasn't, uh, didn't have a Bible available to him. But what he did have was the knowledge of the truth that he had received from the scripture before he was imprisoned. And so this was the point where he was actually in with ISIS prisoners. They were praying five times a day. Uh, They were saying Allah Akbar all the time. They were uh, in, he was in an environment where it was basically dominated by Islam and and the and the belief that Islam is the religion that all the world should be uh, subject to. So that's where he was. He, he said it was a very difficult time being there, but what he was able to do in his own soul and in his own mind was to always be uh, basically reciting to the Lord that the Lord is his strength, the Lord is his shield, the Lord is his salvation, and he was putting his eyes not on himself but onto the Lord. And when he did that, he found that he was uh, gaining in strength in his soul and spirit and he was able to withstand the abuse they they called him a dog and he had to respond to that name when they said it he whenever they prayed as a group uh in the mornings and the five times a day they forced him to stand in the corner of the room with you know with his uh cuz so they they weren't looking at him or he wasn't within their line of vision while they were praying um you know they made him clean the toilet and things like that And and at one point they got to where they had a broom handle or something, and they would beat him, and they would pretend they were like interrogate him and that kind of thing. And so it was a very tough place to be. And it got to the point where they threatened and were preparing to actually do waterboarding on him. So they were going to do you know active torture on him uh, because he was the Christian in the room, and they were all ISIS extreme militant Islam Islamists. And so that was their intent to do that. And you imagine being in a situation like that. I mean, how you can't get away from them. There was like seven or eight of them. There was no way he could fight back or anything like that. All he could do was turn to the Lord and know that the Lord was his strength and his salvation. And he he was really miraculously pulled out of that situation at the very moment where they were actually getting ready to do uh, torture to him. And so... Um, but what he resorted to during that time was what he knew to be true from the scriptures. And so, it was, it was directing himself to the Lord. It was praying for the men in his room. It was for praying for the persecuted church in other parts of the world. It was, um, you know, making sure that his direction was aimed at, at, at God constantly to receive that strength. And that was something that he had to maintain consistently throughout his time in prison. So, the other thing that I wanted to point out is he uses this phrase on page 139, the gospel of persecution, which he says is the true gospel. Now, when you think about the gospel, we understand that it's the good news. So, Jesus died for our sins to, to clear us of that uh, judgment that can be put upon us if we're not, if we're not uh, repenting of our sins. So, we think of this as sort of the real gospel. But he uses the phrase the gospel of persecution. So, think about the book of Acts and even think about the life of Jesus. He says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, if you really think about it, what is the cross? It is a a method of torture and eventually a method of extermination. I mean, you got put to death when you were put on the cross. And so, we're told in several of the gospels that Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So, that's not a, necessarily a fun thought. So, Peter had this idea of the gospel of persecution. And so, later when he was transferred to a different prison, and he was able to be part of a larger network of believers and be able to be in regular chapel service he said whenever they had unsaved people who were coming into their chapel that they would always make sure they preached the the gospel and he said he preached this idea of the gospel of persecution which is that yes god Will save you when you turn to Him. And yes, God will give you a new life that is in Christ, and you'll have the peace and the freedom from uh, a conscience weighed down by sin and all that thing. You'll be forgiven and all that. But you will also be given the strength to endure anything that comes at you. And so, whatever the persecution happens to be. So, in his case, initially when he was in prison, It was with members of ISIS that wanted to torture him and put him to death, and he was able to overcome that. And then, of course, the lies that were told about him during his trial and the different people that he would interact with that were Muslim that were against him and uh, various spies that were put in the prison and things like that. Plus the heat and the lack of food and the lack of hygiene and all these things. I mean, it was all wrapped up into one. If there was any way to suffer, it was inevitably, he he probably (laughs) went through it at some point or another, directly or indirectly. And so, this idea of the gospel of persecution, when you read through the gospels and find that Jesus went through the ridicule, the humiliation, the beatings, uh, the crucifixion itself, and then the death, and yet... At the same, at well, not the same time, but oh, but through it, he maintained that strength of soul that he, as while being empowered by God's Spirit to walk through all that in obedience to his Father, then he resurrected, and you see this pattern in Peter Yasek's story. He goes through times of humiliation, through times of uh, pa- painful suffering. Um, you know, lies being told about him and this, all this, but as he goes through it, he gets he has moments of almost a resurrection, a kind of new life that comes, and he gains strength as he goes through this period of being in prison. And so it's the gospel of persecution. And then when you get to the book of Acts you find that the apostles were arrested and they were beaten and they were released and this kind of thing, and they said they went back to the church and they were, and they said it was a privilege to be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. And this is not something that I think uh, a lot of us in the Western world have to deal with on a regular basis. I mean, there are people that, that do suffer, but the extent to which Peter Yassick suffered is sort of above and beyond what many of us are facing. But the question is, Is are, are we strong enough in the word, are we strong enough in the Lord to withstand whatever the circumstances are? And that's what I'm suggesting. So, then on page 210, he says this, When I stopped thinking about myself, I stopped feeling miserable, and I saw a larger plan taking shape. So that's a brilliant passage. When I stopped thinking about myself, I stopped feeling miserable and I saw a larger plan taking shape. We live in a society in the West where we tend to always be somewhat self-focused. Ideas of self-esteem and uh, treat yourself and you deserve it and uh, you know, I really deserve this raise, and I really deserve uh, to have a new car, or whatever. You know, you could go on and on forever. How come I can't be happy? How come I'm the one that always has to do whatever? That kind of thing. We we it's like we collapse if we're somehow put out, and and some burden comes upon us. So I'm not trying to belittle anybody's burdens, but what I'm saying is put it into a larger context. Jesus went through absolutely. All terrible things, he, you know, I listed them off a minute ago. He went through all these things. Just read the gospel account slowly of his walk to the cross and see what was stripped away from him as he went along the way. And you'll find that no one has suffered like he suffered. And yet through it, he maintained obedience to the Lord uh, and he also maintained a strength of heart and soul and mind that is, uh, that is something that I think would be a great benefit to all of us if we were able to do the same thing, and we can. And that's what we're all about in this podcast is renewing the mind and having that strength of soul and spirit to be able to walk faithfully with the Lord through any circumstances that come our way. So, sometimes in our church, we talk about uh, Philippians chapter 2, where it says, Do all things without murmuring or complaining, or to do all things without arguing or complaining, depending on the version you read. You try going a day or two without complaining and without arguing about something, and it'll be a shocker to you to realize how often you grumble and moan and complain. Even as simple as rolling your eyes at something is a complaint. And so, you, th- these are things that require us to walk in the spirit. And Peter says he stopped thinking about himself. In other words, he did what Paul said. Paul said I die daily. And when you die to yourself daily, then or even hourly or or minutely then you have to then turn yourself to the one who gives life. Because if you are wanting to die to self, then you have to turn to the one who gives you life. And the only one who can give life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is sort of the secret that Peter discovered. And in the process, he says, I saw a larger plan taking shape. And he drew a lot of strength from the writings of Richard Wormbrand, I don't know if you've read these writings. Richard Wormbrand was the founder of Voice of the Martyrs, which was the organization that Peter Yasek was involved with at this time and still is. And uh, and Richard Wormbrand went through fourteen years of persecution and suffering in prison, three years of solitary confinement, uh, thrown into a room where nobody exited that room alive. He was left in there to die of TB and whatever else was inflicting him and he recovered and, and after 14 years of prison was released and ended up coming to America and founding the Voice of the Martyrs. And so, uh, this guy, his writings were a great encouragement to Peter Jacek while he was in prison. And I would encourage you to pick up Tortured for Christ or The Underground Church or a number of the other books Richard Wormbrand has written and encourage yourself by reading them and see what it is that he went through and how you can apply what he... Learn to your own life to get through whatever circumstances you're getting through? Have you lost your job lately because of the coronavirus? Are you in financial difficulty? Are you trying to stand up for your faith in an environment that's hostile to you in some liberal university or or anything? I mean, do you put yourself in that situation? If you start to speak about Jesus and you get backlash from it, then we need to make sure we have strength of soul and mind to be able to walk through these things. And so, Peter Yassick's book was a great encouragement to me. I was challenged by it. In the end of the book, he gives a synopsis of what he discovered to be the most, um, core truths that he learned while he was in his time in prison. So I would encourage you to to read the book and read that. Uh, And I think that if you get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine and have a look at that every month, these are the things that will help you look beyond yourself. One of the things that Peter discovered while he was in prison is when he considered the other persecuted believers that he knew— people that he had met in his travels through Africa and that he was able to stop and pray for them and so he looked beyond himself and looked at others who were suffering worse than he was and through all that the lord gave him strength and the lord gave him enough enough strength and sufficient strength to stand against a trial that was put on him that was filled with lies and uh, a sentence that was not a sentence that was uh, what he was after, but he was, remained faithful through the whole thing. And so uh, this is uh, the book review of Peter Yasik's book, Imprisoned with Isis, and um, I hope you get your chance to get your hands on it and read it and be encouraged by it. If you enjoy these podcasts, I would uh, be greatly appreciative if you would share them with others, write a review on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. Thank you for your time. I hope that you were encouraged and challenged, and God bless you, and we'll see you again next time.